This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. All right, let's get into the Word of God. So we're going to start at Luke 22, and I'm going to start in verse 20. And I'm going to talk about how Jesus is longing to be loved. It's something that I think we know, we say a lot about that here, but I really think it's important, church, that we understand why we say what we say. Because if not, they'll just be words and we'll just say it because we've heard others say it, but we won't really understand why is it that loving Jesus really is everything? Why is it that loving Jesus is all that you need? Why is it that loving him is enough? Well, I'm gonna go through the scriptures with you today so you understand why he wants it. You go, what do you mean, Jess? He wants your love. It's the most beautiful thing in the world to think that Jesus, the King of Kings, wants to be loved by you and that you can move his heart and you can, you can be in his presence. Who else can, what other king can be moved by the heart of their people but Jesus? He's so faithful. But I want you to see for a moment what human nature is like and let's go to this passage together, Luke 22, 20 through 24. It says, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But listen, but here at this table, sitting among us as a friend is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the son of man must die, but what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him? The disciples began to ask each other which of them would ever do such a thing. Listen, this is the part I want you to get. Then they began to argue amongst themselves about which would be the greatest among them. I want you to think for a moment. Here's Jesus about to be betrayed unto death. Has anyone ever been betrayed unto death? I haven't. I've been betrayed, not unto death. Only he understands that. So whatever it is you're facing, persecution, betrayal, misunderstanding, whatever it is, Jesus knows that and he's been there. Isn't that amazing to think that there's nothing you've ever been through that Jesus cannot understand. He understands everything. So here Jesus is showing his followers, and I'm gonna give you many more passages that shows you how much the Lord wants to show his heart to his people. So here he is showing his followers right before he is about to go to the cross. I'm about to be betrayed by one of those close to me. And they said, what do you mean, Lord? Who would do such a thing? Instantly then it becomes about them. Who will be the greatest in the kingdom? That's human nature. That's human weakness. Those that want to be seen and known, and you get disappointed because you think, why can't they just walk and be faithful? Well, human nature always wants to make it about them. Even serving Jesus about them. Even loving him about them. So we as a church have to fight that and make it about him. Because your flesh will always want to exalt yourself. Really, think of that just for a moment. I just don't want to get off of this right now because I want you guys to understand. Imagine you are telling somebody the depths of your heart about how you are about to be betrayed by somebody that you love who is close to you. 
Imagine that for a moment. Imagine if they say, who would do such a thing? And then they start saying, what are you going to do for me? How would that feel? I bet you it would hurt your feelings deeply. But that's here what the disciples did to Jesus. Not because they're bad, because it's a human weakness. And we want to be different, amen? We want to be a church and a people that love Jesus with all of our heart, not because of what we can get from him, but because of what we can give to him and have intimacy with Jesus. True intimacy, not the kind, not the counterfeit intimacy. True intimacy is costly, it's deep, it's covenant. It's marriage, it's, it's special, it's sacred. Um, can I just say this for a moment? True intimacy isn't broadcast to the world all the time either. I don't want my intimacy with my husband to be broadcast to the world, do you? Hopefully, no. Um, there's parts of marriage that are so intimate and private that they're not for the masses and they're not even for those close to you. So true intimacy and fellowship is really intimate. That's why we don't need to display everything that the Lord is showing us in our private time with the Lord. I always, when I see that, I'm like, not, that's not for everybody. There's encounters I've had that I still can't talk about because I don't feel a release to talk about it yet because they were so holy and so sacred that I feel like it would almost devalue them if I just gave it away because it's not about what I look like to others. It's about keeping that intimacy and fellowship with Jesus. I don't need to impress other people with what the Lord has shown me. I don't wanna lose his fellowship. It's very, very important. Jesus loves it when we constrain him. There's a couple passages in the Bible about this, but this is one of my favorite. Go to Luke 24. I've got a lot of scripture today, so, but it's all good because it's, it's scripture. Luke 24, 28 through 29. It says, by this time they were nearing Emmaus and to the end of their journey. Listen, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. Don't you love that side of Jesus? Like that that just his nature where he acted like he was gonna keep on walking. Why did he do that? To see if they would beg him to stay. And there's so many, and there's other, the, even when he was walking on the water, remember he was just walking by and then Peter's like, no, there's Jesus. That has to be our heart, knowing that we can move him, move his heart that way. I think many of you guys are, um, me too, I've done it too, where you're just, only breaking into the surface, but there's so much more. There's so much more. As, as Michael has said it so many times here, you can't just fellowship with the Lord to check it off a box and say, I did my daily devotion, I, I read the word today, and I'm just gonna go about my day. I feel like he is asking us as a church to go after the more in this season. I feel it so, so deeply. Like there's this satisfaction thing in us. It's like we won't be satisfied. And the more you have of him, the more you want. It's like nothing can, the only thing that will quit the satisfaction is falling out of love. But as long as you are burning for him, you'll never be able to be satisfied because he's so beautiful. You'll never be able, just you can't stop reading about him and talking about him and singing about him. And it, and it breaks my heart because so many people don't know that this is available for them. But it is. First love with Jesus, this is what God is doing in this hour. 
As John Bevere said a year ago when he was here, so he's, he hit on counterfeit Christianity, I think with the students, not at church. And he talked about how so many people are turning away from the faith and so many leaders even are falling away from the faith. Well, what would cause a heart to do that? It wasn't real deep, intimate relationship. When it is, you, you don't, you can't, it makes it so, I'm not saying you never will, but it's so much harder to walk away from when it's true fellowship. And that's what the Lord wants right now. And I love that side of Jesus where he will keep on walking just to see, will we stop him and say, Lord, please don't leave me. I need you. If Jesus could be vulnerable, then so can you. If Jesus wasn't afraid to show his vulnerable side, even after he was persecuted and mocked and, and done so, so many people turned away from the Lord, but he always showed himself to be a vulnerable, righteous king. Amen. I'm not done, but I was just saying amen. It felt right. There is a side to Jesus that is so intimate and beautiful. And we all have this nature in us that says, what can you do for me? I will give you everything if. I will follow you if. I will do this if. That has to all die. It has to be, I will do it no matter if it cost me everything, cost me my reputation, cost me my life. If it cost me all that I have, I'm never going to leave you, Lord, because that's how much I love you. And no matter when the trials come, because they will, or the storms come, you're never letting go of him. Because once you tasted him, you can't. There's, like, there's no, what is life without Jesus? What is life without fellowshipping with him? What is life without intimacy with Jesus? What, what's the point of ministry if you don't have that? What's the point? Because this isn't easy. So what's the point of it if it's not about him? Why do you do what you do? You always have to ask yourself that. What is the why behind what I do? Well, hopefully the why will always be for you because I love him so much. And when that becomes the why, you're unstoppable. I'll say that again, you're unstoppable. A devoted heart for Jesus will always, always, always be used by the Lord, but not because they even care about it, because he can trust you. Because he's looking for those he can trust. He's looking for those that will fellowship with him and know his heart and want to know him more. I feel like I don't know Jesus enough. And you go, what do you mean, Jess? I feel like there's so much more that I want to know. And if I have to spend my entire life searching for that, that's what I'll do. Because he's been so faithful to me. He pulled me out of the pit. He was merciful to me. He loved me with an unconditional love, an everlasting love, and he loves you that way as well. I always say this, people love with conditions and, and it's not that they're bad, it's just they're people. But Jesus doesn't and he's done so much for you so please remember how deeply he loves you. Never forget that and please love him with all of your heart. No one gets married to be loved half. That would suck. You get married because you want the whole heart. You don't have children, so they kind of love you. 
You have children for many reasons, but hopefully you want to have their love in your life. You want to be loved by them. You don't want part of their heart, you want all of it. Jesus is the same way. He's looking for true devotion. And I, with all of my heart, feel like that is what the Lord is doing right now in this hour. He's pruning, he's stripping things away, he's, he's pruning things so that more fruit can come, but he's, all those things that just don't matter are just getting, they're just, they're silly to hold on to. All the things that we thought we needed in life, you realize you really don't need much. If you have Jesus, you really do have everything. And I know we say that here and people are like, what do you mean Jesus is everything? I'm like, meaning that he's everything. If you have him, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. You'll have everything you need because he's the provider, he's the healer, he's all in all, he's everything. And I feel like we spend our whole life searching for satisfaction to find something else, hoping that that will fill the hole in our heart, but you're never gonna find anything that's gonna do that outside of Jesus. Even his, the things he does in your life are not going to satisfy your soul if you don't have him. I know people that have preached at the biggest gatherings, crusades and all kinds of things. And if you leave that and don't have Jesus, guess what? You're gonna need satisfaction again. And you're gonna think that the ministry will be the thing that will satisfy your soul. But you'll, you'll realize without him, you'll never, you'll always be needing more and more and more. And it becomes about you and it should really just be about him. And how this is a trap for, for all of us, for all of us to be guarded. And that's why I've got more scriptures to share. But I want you to know this, is, this has been happening since Jesus walked on the earth. So because it's our nature to always want to make it about us. I just read you that passage with those disciples. That's human heart. So we're going to have to yield to the Holy Spirit and lean on him so that we can be the ones that love him with all of our heart. And when self comes in, that we can acknowledge it and go, that is self. No, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Amen? He's a good father and loves to bless his children, but we can't use him for our benefit. We can't serve him to be known or gain influence. He is not looking for a one-sided relationship. He wants intimacy. You don't need to worry about your needs because they will all be met in him, but it's time to go deeper. Remember that passage where the disciples were fishing and they caught nothing and then the Lord says, go a little bit deeper into the water and then cast your nets. And remember what happened? There was so much overflow that the nets burst because there was so much they could not contain it all. I really feel like that's what the Lord is saying right now. Just go a little bit deeper. Stop striving and stop trying to do the things on your own. Go deeper in me, deeper into the waters, deeper into the fellowship, deeper in, deeper in. And then you won't be able to contain all it is that I have for you. It's time to go deeper. Go to John 6, 22. I'm going to read through verse 30. John 6, 22. 
The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Listen, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I feed you, not because you understand these miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Again, human, <laughs> human nature. It's like it's right there. He's right there showing us this is the way, this is what you need to do. But we always go, give me more, give me more, give me more. What can we do? Give us the stuff. We want the stuff. And it's not about that. Verse 26, Jesus said, you only want to be with me because I feed you. Then he says, spend your time seeking me. If you want to be fed, spend your time seeking Jesus. You will be fed. Verse 28, he's saying, don't want me because of what I can do for you. He was wanting them to see him, to know him. In verse 30, as we just read, the reply was, show us a miraculous sign. If you want us to believe in you, basically show us the stuff. That's what they were after. We've all had friends that want to be your friend because of what you can do for them. Have you? I have. I've had many still have friends like that. It's hurtful. You feel used. You feel taken advantage of. It doesn't feel right. When you feel that from somebody, what happens typically? We pull away. Why? Because we don't want to be used. It, it doesn't feel good to be used by people. It doesn't feel good to have someone be around you just because of what you can do for them. I love hungry evangelists, but I got to tell you, I know when we are asked to eat, I know it's coming. You want us to get behind you financially, but you asked us out to eat. I thought you wanted to hang out. And that happens all the time. I met with, it's not just evangelists, lots of people do it. That network thing in the church has to die. Has to die. I, I hung out with someone a couple years ago that I've known a very long time. They reached out to me. They said, I miss you. I just want to see you. And I was so excited. I moved my whole day around for this. I was so happy to sit with this person. I, I, I just wanted to connect with them again. It had been a long time since I saw them. And as soon as I sat down, the first thing out of their mouth is, why didn't Michael come? I go, oh, I didn't know you wanted to meet with Michael. Their husband was there. I said, I, want, I thought you wanted to hang out with me. And then all the lunch was about is, how can you teach us how you grew your church because we're starting a church and we want to grow ours. 
and it broke my heart and I felt like that was such a waste of my time. Not to be rude, but honestly, that's what went through my head. Like I came to see you and be with you today and have fellowship with you and and dine together and hang out. Oh, I realize now the purpose of this meeting was what can you get from us? And I left feeling broken inside, but that's what we do to the Lord. We, 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 we pray because we're hoping we can have an anointed service. We spend time with him because we're hoping that through that time, maybe he will anoint us and establish us. Or we read the Bible because we're hoping that maybe we can impress people with the knowledge that we have of the word. But there's so much more in him than that. It's about him. It's about him. And we all have done this. I have done that. Where I, I, I'm not saying don't prepare. You should be with Jesus before you minister the gospel or minister to anybody. But I'm saying what's the motive behind the heart? Did you spend time with him on the days that you weren't preaching or are gonna be with anybody? When you do outreach, are you, are you praying just because you hope that more souls will, to our students I talk like this, so more people will come to Jesus? Is that why you're praying? Is that why you're doing it? Or are you doing it so you can say, look how many people got saved today? Are you doing it unto him? I wanna tell people about him because I want him to get the glory and the reward. I'm gonna go serve the poor because I want to love Jesus through this, not so I can tell people, look what I did. It's all the why, what's the heart behind it? And as we just read, that has always been human nature. And you'll see so many passages. I'm not gonna get a chance to share all of them today with you, but you can go through the gospels for yourself and you see so many passages over and over when you really start to like really dig into the word where you see Jesus was trying to show a side of himself, but people always were going, what can you do for me? There was a reason why, let's turn off our phones, amen. There's a reason why that he only brought those very close to him in his moments of, of, of anguish right before the cross, also in his moments of glory in the transfiguration. Why? Because not everybody can, true intimacy gives away only what you can trust with others. You can't, you can't share it with, I've always wondered, Jesus, why not all the disciples in this moment? Why, why only the few? Why was it John, and we might read this, I think it's in my notes, remember when he was talked about his betrayal, he talked about it openly, but remember the disciples said to John, who's he talking about? How did they know John was different than somebody else that was at that table? There was that deep fellowship and intimacy. Why was Mary so special? I mean, we talk about Mary here a lot at Jesus Image. We, we love what her love for Jesus, I should say. What was so special about her? She gave him everything. She loved him. She didn't hold anything back from him. She was the one that saw him shortly after the resurrection. You gotta ask yourself these questions. Why, why? You, this is good when you read the Bible and you go, this is so beautiful. Why did the Lord do that the way he did? Why did he talk his, about his betrayal the way he did to his disciples? Well, to show his heart to them. And even then, they, 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 Peter said, I'll never desert you, Lord, but he did, remember? That shows us a life void of the Holy Spirit will always turn their back on Jesus. 
That's why after Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, remember, he was bold now, not afraid to die for the gospel, preaching out loud. But right before that, he had denied the Lord three times. You need the Holy Spirit. This sounds impossible without him. You're going, Jess, I I don't think I can do it. With With the Holy Spirit, you can. With the Holy Spirit, you can be bold. With the Holy Spirit, you won't turn on the Lord. With the Holy Spirit, you won't be ashamed of him. With the Holy Spirit, you won't... You won't run from persecution. You won't be afraid. He makes you bold because you on your own are not bold. We're weak. But with him, you're bold and strong and you'll never turn on Jesus if you have a life with the Spirit. Go to John 6, 32. It says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus was saying here, Moses gave you bread to eat, but I am the true bread. Eat of me and you will never be hungry again. Dine with him and you'll never need more. There is no more. (laughs) There's nothing more outside of Jesus. He's just that good. He's that good. How is it that you can get through life? Life is crazy. (laughs) She got it. Yes, sister. It's crazy. Life is crazy. Life is hard. There's, there's so many ups and downs in life. You see people you pray for, they don't get healed or you lose loved ones. I mean, life is hard. Michael and I talk about that a lot. Like, man, life is beautiful and it's hard at the same time. People come and go. There's so many things to get just caught in the mix of. But how can you get through this with Jesus? Then you are strong and happy even when things just don't seem to be going your way. You find joy in that. Have you ever met a really joyful person even when things just don't seem joyful around them and you're like, how can you be the way you are? It's the Lord. It's Him. I've shared this before. I can tell when I'm talking to an agent on the phone like for customer service if they're a Christian by the tone of their voice. I actually can have asked people, are you a believer? I go, oh yes, I am. How did you know? You're nice. <laughs> you're, not, you're being kind right now. You're, I can just tell by your tone that you, you love Jesus. I've done this many times, and I don't even see their face. And they're like, I could tell you're a Christian too. I'm like, good. Yeah. I went to check out at Target a couple years ago, and it was just, it was, you know, during 2021, 2020, and everyone was just stressed, and, the, and I was looking at people's faces, and I was going, oh, you can see the fear and the worry, and you can see the discouragement, and then this little lady is checking out my stuff at, at Target with this big smile, and I was like, how you doing, ma'am? And she goes, I am blessed, and she just started talking, and I'm like, you know Jesus, don't you? And she goes, oh, yes, and she started, like, giving the scriptures to me and encouraging me, and I was, like, trying to witness to her, but she, I didn't need to, because she knew the Lord and like, how come everybody else looks worried right now and sad, but here this, this light in this lady who, it was the light of Jesus. And as times get dark for the body, for the world, I should say, the church is only going to shine brighter. 
That's what we're supposed to do as the church. Times get hard, but I feel like, man, God is setting us up for a revival. God is setting us up. It's not time to get caught up in all the, the gloom of what's going on. Let's cling to Jesus right now like never before because he is setting us up for a great harvest. Not just Jesus' image, the church right now. I feel the Lord when I say that. He's setting up the church for great days. We need to be the light. We need to look like Jesus. And that's why I'm talking about this today because if it's counterfeit, if it's fake intimacy, and we know what happens with fake intimacy, there's no longevity there. Real intimacy lasts. So as, as God keeps stripping things away and purifying and refining like he is in this hour, like I have never seen before, to be very honest with you. I'm not very old, but I've seen a lot in my lifetime growing up in the church the way I did. I have never seen a greater hour than this. I have never seen as many people turn the other way and leave the faith. I have never seen so many people uh, just turn away. But at the same time, I have never had so much hope in my heart like I do right now. Because he's simplifying things right now. And those that are burning and are in love, they'll get to be a part of what it is he is doing because he will trust you in this hour. He will trust you. I feel the Lord when I say that. Let us be trusted, Lord. We wanna be a part of it. You don't need to keep searching for satisfaction in all the wrong places. All you have ever wanted is found in him. This generation has a satisfaction issue. We have things so easy right now. I mean, you can literally think of something, order it, and have it at your door that day if you want to. There's this thing, I, this, I need satisfaction, I need more. It's a satisfaction issue. And the only thing that will fix that issue is Jesus. I say it all the time, if you're addicted to pornography, whatever it is you're bound by, anger, fear, whatever it is, but pornography especially, it's a satisfaction issue. You guys got quiet. We have a school, so we talk like this all the time. Um, it's a satisfaction issue. You're looking for something to fill this void in your heart. You're looking for counterfeit intimacy, but you can find everything you need in Jesus, and then you won't be searching anymore for all the things of this world that are really just distractions and little bait that the devil throws in front of us. It's a satisfaction issue. Ooh. The mic said amen. <laughs> Why do we want to be seen? Why do we want to be heard? Why do we want to be known? Why do we want favor? It's satisfaction. It's a satisfaction issue in our heart that is a weakness. And it has to all be about him. And let me say something really clear that I've been thinking about for a while now. Don't touch the glory. Don't touch the glory. It is so important in this hour that you never think that this is about you. That the worship is about you, that the preaching is about you, that the church being blessed is about you. It's not about you. You have nothing to do with it. It's all about Jesus. He's the one that builds the church. He's the one. Okay, I know, I mean, but it's, it needs to be said. The moment you touch the glory, you won't be trusted anymore. 
I have literally seen people get removed quickly because they start to believe it's about them. It's not. I don't ever want to think that this is about Michael and I. It's not. We couldn't, we couldn't do this on our best day. It's the Spirit. It's the Lord that does it. He receives the glory. So when someone comes and says, oh my gosh, it's amazing what you've done, whatever it is, in business, ministry, worship, whatever it is, give him the glory. Never touch it. I know someone that we would all know, I will never say the name, this is, they're, they're not alive anymore. They would always give God the glory, give God the glory, give God the glory, give God the glory. In weakness, which all humans have, they started to say, it's about me, look what I've done, look what I've done, look what I've done. They never preached again after that. The Lord will not share his glory with us. It's for him and him alone. Go to John 6, 47 through 48. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. You want life? Believe in him. Go to John 6, 51. It says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Jesus gave you his body so that you will live and not die. If you want to live, find Jesus. I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying this for the rest of my life until we get it. Go to John 6, 57. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of what? Me. If you want to live a victorious life, feast on Jesus. You will have victory when everything seems to be falling, falling apart around you. You will have light through the storm. You will have peace in the storm. It makes no sense, and that's what's so amazing about it. You have to be satisfied with him and him alone, even if the stuff goes away. I am very aware that this will not be forever. Eventually, Michael and I are going to get old. It's hard to believe, I know. Maybe I'll have some Botox and a facelift. Maybe I won't. But we're going to get old. <laughs> we're not going to be able to keep up with travel. And, and, you know, eventually all this stuff goes away. I've been with people like Oral Roberts and people that, that had so much that they did for the Lord. And at the end of your life, it is only you and Jesus. You don't have the crowds. Eventually that all dwindles and goes away. It does. If you don't find satisfaction in the Lord, you're going to not know what to do in that hour when it's, the crowds are gone, the staff is gone, the friends are gone, maybe they're not even alive anymore, everyone's gone, your kids are grown, your grandkids are grown. It really is just you and the Lord. And if you find him to be your everything, that doesn't scare you. 
because you never got into this to be with all the people, even though you love them and you're so blessed that the Lord has trusted you. But when it becomes about him, it doesn't matter if the crowds leave, you're satisfied because you have him. Don't we wanna be that kind of people? I do. And I know it's easier said than done. I know that, but I've been with people. I've been with them in the, the end of their life or people that the crowds would come from all over and I've seen them so, so happy. Like they, they don't even, they just even, they don't care. They just have Jesus and that's enough for them. Go to John 6, 64. I'm gonna read from my Bible for this one. I was trying to copy and paste it and it wasn't working. I needed Yohan, but Yohan wasn't there. 664 through 70. John 664. It says, But some of you do not believe me, for Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Isn't that beautiful? He still was so faithful, even though he knew already who would betray him. Then he said, That is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples, listen, turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12. We always think about the 12, but there were many disciples in this moment. Remember he said, eat my flesh, drink my blood, and it was just too much for them. They all left him. So if you've been left, don't worry, you're in good company. Jesus had many people that left. Are you also, I love this part. At that point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. And then Jesus turned to the 12, those that were close to him, with one of them being the one who was gonna betray him and he knew it, and said, are you also going to leave? Think about that for a moment, how vulnerable that is for Jesus to say that to people close to him after so many people just deserted him. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom, to whom would we go? You have the words that give us eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12. Listen, but one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon, one of the 12 who would later betray him. So just think about that for a moment. He says, eat my body, drink my blood. Kathleen and I were talking about this the other day, how he didn't even make an explanation. And I love that about the Lord. Like it was like, this is what it is. If it's too much for you to handle, just go. Because I'm not going to change what's gonna happen for your comfort. It was like, this is what it is. And so many people couldn't understand it or handle it. So many turned away from him. And then he looks to the 12 that are the closest ones to him. So if you're like in leadership, that would be your core team maybe. And he goes, are you gonna leave me too? Think of that for a moment. That typically in the world's eyes would be the time to esteem yourself so that they don't leave you. And so they don't go, well, everyone else just left the Lord, so are we. He could have said, look at all that I've done. Did you forget what I did for you? Did you forget what I did for so-and-so who just left? Did you not see all the miracles I performed? But instead he goes, are you gonna leave me too? This is why I'm preaching this message today because I want us to see a side of Jesus that we often forget about, this beautiful, vulnerable side that he shows those who he loves. 
And he said this knowing that Judas was right there. The Bible just said he knew Judas was going to betray him. But he still loved his children so much that he showed a sign of vulnerability. And I'm sure pain, duh. Of course there was pain. It's painful when people misunderstand you and leave. And he says that even with Judas right there, knowing that Judas is going to betray him, he says, are you going to leave me? And that's a side of Jesus that I want to know more. I want him to be able to come to me, and this might be deep for some of you guys, but this is, this is the Christian life. I want him to be able to, to wake me up at night when he's been rejected in a country or something, or when, when a, a pastor has turned away and left the faith. I want him to be able to wake me up in the night and say, minister to my heart right now, Jess. Love on me. Our, my children have been persecuted in a different land. This breaks my heart. The Bible says he changes not. So if he wept over Jerusalem, then he still weeps today. He weeps when, when his children are turned. Of course, he's a father. He's a loving father. I want that, that depth with the Lord. I don't feel like I, I, I feel like there's so much more for me to to go like deeper. I, I, I mean, I'm just being real. I'm not trying to downplay my love for him. I feel like I love him a lot. I love him more now than I've ever loved him. But I know there's so much more. I know there's so much more. Are those people that just love Jesus, that's, they, they really feel called to have like these, the sisters, they're charismatic sisters, by the way. We always say that because we just get told off all the time online. But they're coming to Jesus 22. <laughs> And I feel the Lord on that because they haven't been with us in years and that they have literally devoted their life to love on Jesus and minister to him. And they're gonna come and, and impart something, I believe, to all of us. So, wow. But I hear them talk about the Lord and I'm like, oh my gosh, they really live for him. Like, they live for him. Maybe not everyone knows their name. They don't have a big following or... Anything like that, but man, they're so content with just waking up in the morning and loving on Jesus. It's enough. And I want that. I want it. I want it so bad. I want, I want to love him like that. I want to love him more. I do. And I want you to love him more because he's, he deserves that. He deserves that love from us because he's given us so much. He gave you his life. He gave you everything. He's so good. And how we forget about his goodness and just get caught up in all the stuff, all the wants, all the desires, all the needs, all the selfish things that really don't matter or all the wounds that we go through, all the, all the hurt, all the pain, but it, does, it doesn't matter because it's about him. There's even a place in persecution that brings you closer to Jesus. I don't know how else to say it, but there's a place in him when you go through things, when you're misunderstood or un wrongfully judged or attacked, that you have this thing in us that wants to rise up and defend ourselves, but then you have this sweet, holy invitation from the Lord saying, you said you wanted to know me and be like me, so take it, take it, and you'll have more of my heart. There's this beauty in him. 
There's such a beautiful fellowship that is here for us to take if we want it. And Lord, we want to know you like that. We want to know you, Jesus. We want to know you, God, not for us, but to know you, Lord. Not for what you can do for us, Lord, but just to know you. Like the man, when he healed his blind eyes, and the Pharisees, of course, started to mock and ridicule. Remember, Jesus went after and found that man. He found him after he was persecuted and mocked by others. He found him after he healed him. Remember what he said? He revealed himself to this one. Why? Why did Jesus do that? Why? Why did he not defend himself to those Pharisees? Why did he go after the one to show him himself? Because he loves us that much. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.